You've heard the horns, it's 3.45, it's time for the panel. Today, what's in a slogan? The Labour Party launched its new campaign slogan yesterday, In It For You. We get reaction to that just after four. National is pledging half a billion over three years into a pothole repair fund. A good idea, what do you think? And the Council of Medical Colleges in New Zealand... CMC, they've launched an open letter calling on the health minister to ban direct-to-consumer advertising of prescription medicines. You know, those ads that you see on TV or see in print or hear on radio. And Monday's panel question, something a bit different. Do you know how to grow passion fruit? What could be more satisfying than picking a passion fruit off your own vine, putting it in your muesli? It's the oyster of fruit If you can grow them, notoriously fickle. Well, I thought, I know who can grow passion fruit. Your average panel listener. Get in touch with me. 2101. Also today, the song Whisperer, where I supply the lyrics, you supply the song, and here they are. And so Sally can wait. She knows it's too late as we're walking on by. What's the song? 2101. Email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Our guest today, Janet Wilson, columnist, broadcaster, former press sec in the National Party. Janet, good to have you here. Lovely to be here, Wallace. Great to and, be here. Yeah, and David Slack, writer at More Than a Fielding on Substack. Kia ora, David. Kia ora, Wallace. Nice to be here too. Hello, Janet. Janet, down, in, down by the beach. Down by the beach. How are you? Good to <laughs> Never- have you on board. Yeah, last time I spoke spoke with you, I was struggling with Wi-Fi in the, in Wairarapa that didn't work, and I do I, I finally got a chance to apologise to you for making it very uh, one sided on uh, and putting all the burden on you. Good. Perfectly okay. We got there on the night, as they yeah. say. All right, we're all here, David, Janet, and uh, myself. Now, a dark sky sanctuary is an area specifically designed, designated for preservation of natural darkness, free from light pollution. For me, I found my visit to a dark sky reserve, I would almost say life-changing. It was something else, but another benefit, cash money. A new report shows astro-tourism could bring in millions of dollars to Oxford in Waimakadere, Canterbury, and even more to the wider area of Canterbury created a dark sky trail. With us is Oxford Area School Observatory volunteer Raul Elias Drago. He's been leading the charge. Elias, uh, sorry, Raul, kia ora. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. Oxford Area School Observatory. Tell us a bit about that first. Yes, yeah, so the Oxford Area School Observatory is a volunteer organization belonging to the Oxford Area School, built in 2006 with funds from the school and local organizations. And we're fully run by volunteers today. And we run evening shows and workshops and online courses. Um, to raise some funds so that we can um, upgrade our gear and maintain the the small observatory that we have and do outreach and education for the community. And you would like the Oxford Forests Conservation Area to be recognised as a dark sky park? Correct. That's right. So our goal, and and we like to, um, when we talk about dark sky, we've We've sort of rebranded it in Oxford, and we talk about better living through better lighting. 
And so our goal nice. is to really take the park, we'll start with the park, the Oxford Forest Conservation Area, protect and preserve the night sky in the park so that we can enjoy the benefits, and the benefits are many, starting with human health into the ecosystems, um, supporting the connection to our identity and our culture, improving our sports, our recreation, using energy effect- effectively and efficiently, and of course, underpinning observatory um, activity. So all those benefits that we would get, uh, we would start with the park and then in the second step, expand that initiative uh, to the wider Oxford area. I don't knew, don't know about you, Janet Wilson, whether or not you've been to a dark sky area. I had the pleasure of going to one, uh, tech, Mount John Observatory, uh, about four right. years ago. And I can tell you, when I say life-changing, I meant it because I wasn't prepared for what I saw. It's like someone splashed some milk across the sky. It was stunning. And then you ask yourself, you know, all those questions like, who am I? Is there anyone out there? That's, Janet. Were you having an existential crisis or something? Wallace? I really was. I really was. <laughs> huh. Right, Okay. But it was quite the experience, is what you're saying. Exactly. What about you, David? Have you been to one? Yeah, we were in Tekapo last year, and, and unfortunately didn't get the kind of skies that we were hoping for all week, no. and we were also um, uh, in... Oh, well, no, that's beside the point. Um, yep. uh, I did actually get one experience one night where the uh, the Elon Musk uh, Starlink uh, satellites came across, and we hadn't seen them before, and that was um, not quite so uplifting, kind of a little perturbing to watch it. But, but I absolutely echo everything you've just said. You know, even with our somewhat limited views, it was still breathtaking. And you know, you will always, if you get out into the country somewhere where it is relatively dark, you will take in um, the immensity of the thing. And of course, you can you you cannot unless you I don't know. Donald Trump or Elon Musk see yourself as as infinitesimally small in the in in the great yes. arrangement of things. Do you think, yeah. Raul, that we appreciate the night sky? Because living in the city, I get I, I, we're f- it's full of light. You can't see a thing. Do you think that we yeah. don't appreciate the sky above us enough? Yeah, that's right. So when, when you live outdoors and when you live outside the city, like in Oxford, you know, on a very dark night, you could see 2,000, 3,000 stars. When you live downtown in a, in a city or in the Christchurch area or downtown Auckland, you sometimes can see 10 stars, sometimes even a single, in the single digit. Yes. So it's quite dramatic. And I, I think what really marked it, so you can hear from my accent, I was, I was born and raised in the Northern Hemisphere. And I saw the Milky Way for the first time when I came to New Zealand. And I think that's really what marked uh, me the most. There are 2.6 billion people worldwide that have never seen the Milky Way because they live in cities. And there's a very famous story of the earth, an earthquake in 1991, 94 in Los Angeles that knocked out power. Um, sadly, uh, lives were lost. But when people ran into the street in the middle of the night, in the middle of the earthquake, they saw this milky cloud above in the sky. And they started to call, nine, you know, the, the emergency services. <laughs> wow. The cloud had anything to do with the earthquake. So hmm. it's, a, it's a pity that um, we have lost that connection to the sky. And I think, for me, what's important about that is the more that we appreciate nature, our celestial resource the more we realize how special the planet is and the more we realize that 
it's very unique and we need to protect it. And the really good thing about dark sky and the fight against light pollution is that it's one of the forms of pollution which is easily reversible. We just turn off the switch. Yeah. Oh, I, I just I just love this. I feel like putting on Dark Side of the Moon, uh, Janet Wilson, and just chilling out for half an hour and just thinking about life. What about in Hawke's Bay? Do you, do you take occasion, Janet, to take time out of oh. your busy schedule at the beach and just look up? Uh, a lot. And um, we're not, there's not a lot of light because I live in a little village. But even when I go across to my batch at Ocean Beach, the batch at Ocean Beach, that's when you get to see really oh. fabulous views of the night sky. And on a warm summer's evening, there is nothing. It it's kind of it sort of feeds the soul. I know what you mean. Yes, it really feeds exactly. The soul. There's something I, I uh, really yeah, want to compliment you on doing this, Raul, because I, I, there's something I especially like about the kinds of things that are done with tourists here that are slow and contemplative and respectful and, and give you a sense of what we're the, – the larger environment in, in which we live. And, you know, there is such a marvellous and compelling story that you can tell here about our efforts for, uh, for uh, predator control, our efforts for conservation, mm. and for understanding the way in which we are just a part of something far, far larger. And, and I, I can yeah. see the, the, yeah. the huge benefit of this in, in making tourists acquainted with this rather than, you know, the novelty and, and, and the, um, the cheap thrills dimension to uh, tourism that often takes precedence. Slow tourism. Good on you, Raul. Nice to have you on the programme. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. That's Raul uh, Elias Drago, Oxford Area School Observatory volunteer. The first time we saw the Milky Way was when he came to uh, New Zealand. Ah, yes, a lot of potholes coming through. John says the best night sky I've seen is in the Waikura Valley, an isolated valley about 40 kilometres north of uh, East Cape. Peter says I spend a lot of time in Kiribati and there's no natural light in the night and the sky is even better than the Mm. night reserves in New Zealand. Very interesting. And, uh, yep, uh, I want your passion fruit stories. It's the oyster of fruit, but I can't grow them. They are notoriously hard to grow. Text me, 2101. What's your secret? You'll have the answers, panel family. Uh, I've been thinking. Let's jump to Janet Wilson. What's been on your mind, Janet? Well, this weekend, I was thinking about Matariki. Um, As you know, down our way, things have been quite tough for a lot Mm. of people for a long time. So here is an idea that came out of two guys, um, Neil Gordon Pakiakai and Tarangi Huata, who is the iwi promotions manager for Kahununu. And they got together and they decided that they would want to see, as part of a Matariki celebration, coastal fires on the beach. Now, we have enough wood for several bonfires on this beach. Um, and they it, it went for 60Ks from... Um, I think all the way around to Mahia and then and then around to us at Te Awanga and it was just amazing. They only spent $210 doing this and it spread like wildfire and it was like a salve. It was like a salve for all of us having been through some pretty hard times down here that everyone could get together we could all have fun around a campfire. There were kids with marshmallows. It was just the best thing 
ever. And it really restored spirits. So I want to say to Neil and Tarangi, thank you so much because you achieved a lot. Oh, oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, 60K. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I've seen the images it was. too. And, uh, it was unbelievable yeah. to see it. It I was unbelievable it was. to see no, it. Okay. And well, it really good. brought everyone together. You know, it was just, yeah, yeah, okay. it was really special. Kia ora, Janet. Uh, David Slack, I've been thinking. All right, swiftly, uh, the uh, Maligan Institute, I want to make a plug for them because uh, they've suddenly been appearing in my Facebook ads and mostly I don't like ads, but I very much welcome this one. They've been encouraging people to make their donations because they are a charitable trust. They're not a government entity, but they are really valuable in the work they do, um, particularly right now with their CAR T-cell therapy trial, which we have a particular interest in because our, our old friend Michelle Leggett uh, is alive today thanks to that when all of her other options had gone out and had run out and I would just recommend people go and listen to her interview with Kim Hill a couple of months ago for the fuller story about all of this because Michelle always talks eloquently of these things and she can explain the whole thing but the essence of it is Maligan Institute is doing remarkable things here they they deserve all our support and our funding and you can do it at donate.maligan.org.nz Nice one, uh, Maligan, M-A-L-A-G-H-A-N there. Uh, and uh, that, very good interview, actually, wasn't it? Uh, oh, on, on you Kim, So you can go yeah. on to rnz.co.nz. Also, she just read, she wrote a story, wrote something in the listener for it as well. You can find that online as well, and, and it tells the whole story. Nice. I mean, she, she got lymphoma. 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 <laughs> no, That's this a hard is one, tragically yeah. bad. Well, it shouldn't be lymphoma. About three years ago, and she went through all of the options, and none of them worked. Or, and and it was just steadily looking like her options running out. And here came CAR T cell, and it worked. David Slack and Janet Wilson on the panel this afternoon, and the song whisperer. And so Sally can wait. She knows it's too late, as we're walking on by. Who did that song?